Hey guys, how's it going? You guys know what this is. This is another episode of Chill with Shell. So, um, let's just get straight into this. So, today we're going to get a little deep into some stuff here. First things first, I haven't done anything, any kind of podcast really this month. And it's because I knew I had to prepare for this one. This one takes a lot of my energy. So, um, we're going to talk about what October is. October is Domestic Violence Month or whatever. And um, a lot of you probably know, but a lot of you may not know as well. I personally am not a domestic violence survivor, but however, domestic violence has hit my family. So um, I'm pretty much what happens after domestic violence. And so this one will be called, um, what am I called this one? Uh, Life after domestic violence. That sounds like a good one. Okay, so um, where do I start? Let's take it back. July 17th, 2003. Um, so that's a very big day in my life. One that I could never forget, even if I tried. So um, I guess we'll start off a little before that. So um, I'm 16. I'm in summer school and um, not really getting too much along with my mother. Me and her are at odds as we happen to be in that a lot of times. So I have an older sister. Her name was Shalonda. And uh, she had my two nieces, Destiny and Anika. And um, so she told me, you know, mom pretty much put me out because I was being, you know, disobedient or whatever. And um, Shalonda let me live with her. So this summer I'm staying with Shalonda and I'm helping her with the girls. I'm going to summer school. She's getting up early in the mornings and she's taking me to summer school and making sure I get there on time and everything. So, um, yeah, this summer was that summer, not this, but that summer was, you know, I got to go out a little bit go with my girls, have fun, do whatever, you know? So, um, this summer was probably, that summer, I keep saying this cause I'm, I'm reliving it. So if I say this, I apologize because if I'm still there sometimes, um, that summer was the hottest summer. It was 2003. So it was like super hot that summer. Um, so earlier that day, I ha- I used to watch my sister's kids and, um, they would give me, she would, she would, I would get paid for watching them. So earlier that day, I was supposed to get paid, but for some reason, I didn't get my money. So I called her up and I'm like, where's my money? You know, and she's like, don't ask me, ask mom. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? So mom doesn't answer. So I'm irritated because I didn't get my little ducats or whatever. And so I immediately got like super irritated with my sister, like super irritated. But, um, it's something in my, something in my spirit told me to go visit my sister. She was at work. And so, um, she worked across the street from a beauty supply place and I needed, I wanted to get my hair braided that day. So, um, I walked up to the beauty supply place, but I was, something told me, go visit your sister. So I go to visit her and she was working at a check cash in place at the moment. And, um, her boss wasn't there. It was only two people that worked there. So she was extra busy. So I'm sitting there and I'm trying to talk to her and just see how she's doing and stuff. But she was so busy that I didn't really get a chance to speak with her. And so, um, so then I was like, okay, you know, I love you. I'm going to go get some hair from across the street or whatever. So I go get the hair and I told her, I'll see you later. Was my last, was my words that I said to her before she left. I'll see you later. And she said, okay. So, um, I go get the hair and my friend's mom was supposed to be doing my hair. So her name was Brittany. She met up with me and, um, we're walking and we see my sister like pass by us. And I'm like, Oh, she's going to come back. She always turns around. So I was like, let's just wait here for a minute. She'll turn around. She'll figure out where we're trying to ask us where we're going and she'll come pick us back up. 
And so we went, we sat there for a minute, for a minute, and she never came back. I was like, all right, whatever, let's just go then. So we continued to walk, and then um, we walk further into town, and then I see my sister go down a hill, and she looks at me, and I look at her, and she smiles. And my sister at the time had clear braces, and so it looked like she had gold ones. And so I'm like, look like my sister has gold ones, huh? So she left, but this was awkward because, mind you, I lived with my sister at the time because me and my mom were at odds. And so it was just awkward to me that she wasn't coming to pick me back up each time. So I'm kind of just sat there waiting for her to come back and pick me up. And she didn't. So it was just super weird to me. But anyways, I go to my friend's house, my friend Brittany's house, and um, we're chilling, doing whatever. And um, I should have probably been home by now. I already had my hair done. Should have been home by now. But um, I didn't go home. I stayed over there a little bit later because I just, I want to stay over there longer. And um, so we're sitting there chilling or whatever. Then out of nowhere, I, there's a knock on the door. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's my aunt. I look, I'm like, oh, shit, it's my aunt. Um, so I go and I answer the door and I'm like, yeah, you know, before she could say anything, I'm like, you know, I was about to come home. Um, I was just waiting for Brittany mom to come home. But as I look at my aunt, there's literally like crust in her eye and I'm looking at her and I'm like, something's not right. I just got this instant vibe that something's not right. So as I'm trying to explain myself, she's like, don't even worry about it, baby. Don't even worry about it. That's not what I came here for. She said, I got something to tell you and I'm already knowing something's wrong. I already know something's up and she's like um I wanted to let you know that your sister died today and I just looked at her and I didn't know what to say all I could say was how how and she looks at me and she says her husband shot and killed her and I remember going weak I remember my legs I like my legs buckled underneath me but I didn't pass out, but my my legs buckled underneath me and I kept getting up and I was like, I couldn't comprehend what she's saying. Like I knew what she said, but for some reason I could not comprehend the words that were coming out of her mouth. And um, so then my dad lived across the street from my friend Brittany. So all I could think of was, I gotta go tell my dad. I have to go tell my dad. I don't remember why. I just felt like I needed to tell my dad so bad. And um, I ran across the street and I'm knocking on his door and I'm just knocking and I'm just sobbing. Just knocking and sobbing, knocking and sobbing. And I heard him say, Michelle? I said, yes. And he's like, so he runs downstairs. And I just look at him. And I'm like, Daddy, Shalonda's dead. And he, like, swung. He didn't go to swing at me, but he just swung out of, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, just, I don't know. He just swung. And next thing you know, like, um, my girl, a lady that I call my second mom, Denise, and my aunt were like, we got to get back to your mom. We got to get back to your mom. So I'm like, where's my nieces? Where's my nieces? They're like, they're safe. They're with his mom. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So I remember getting in the car. I had no shoes on. I don't even know where my shoes were. I'm just in the car, shoeless, driving. But It was down the street, literally. But it seemed like it took forever to get to the scene. So we get to the scene. Um, There's some of his family there, our family there. There's a chaplain of the police there and um as soon as I get there my mom just she turns away from me because she knew she couldn't handle it she's like no I can't you Michelle's about to act a fool (laughs) which I'm 16 mind you guys so she was kind of right um I go there and it's all taped off and I'm just sitting there with socks on in a field like because it's kind of close to a field and she got shot her apartments and so um I'm sitting there and I'm just like in disbelief and people are coming by and they're 
they're just trying to see what happened. Everything's blocked off. My dad comes and my mom is talking to the police and I see like a, a white sheet. And I just know at this time, like that is my loved one. That's right there on the, on the ground, like no longer here. And so, um, all my family's there, but I just, I was out of my body. Like I just couldn't comprehend and I knew it, but I couldn't comprehend it. I couldn't make sense of it. And, um, so people are starting to come by and there's like this man who's just sitting there and, um, he's just looking and I'm like, what are you doing? And everybody's looking at me. I'm like, why are you here? Like, this is not an episode of cops. Did you even know her? Like, what the fuck? How would you stay? So my dad's like going in on me, like Michelle, stop. I'm like, no, he don't even know her. Like, and I, it's kind of fucked up. I probably shouldn't have said that, but it's just, I was in my feelings, you know? And then, um, so we wait forever. The coroner's had her out there for so long. And then they finally put her on like the stretcher thing that the coroners do. And, um, they took her and I just, I don't remember much of that night. I, I remember we prayed, we prayed and you know, um, the prayer was like, Hey, we asked that her husband turns himself in, you know, and you know, uh, pretty much just say what he did. And I, but I can't even close my eyes cause so much going on. So I look up and I'm looking at his family and they're looking at us like in disbelief, like, Oh, they think my brother did this. And I'm looking at them like, bitch, <laughs> sorry, let me change my words. <laughs> the, I'm looking like, of course he did, you know? Um, because prior to this, there's a lot of shit that went down that made it seem as if he would, he had threatened her. He had been following her at clubs and going to her house and stalking her, putting sugar in her tank, uh, marking her cars. The reason why she didn't pay me to watch the kids is because for some reason he got her car towed and she had to get it out that same day. So I didn't know that, you know, they don't tell the little sister stuff. But, um, I do know she left him. Um, she told me a couple of stories of like how he had like, I guess once choked her out and his friend, his roommate at the time helped him like move her body. Cause they thought she had killed her, but he really didn't. She came back to, and they were trying to move her. Um, and, but she, so I say that to say this, a lot of people think, oh, you know, she should have left or people, they think of people weak for not leaving. But to be honest and to be like transparent, my sister wasn't in a long ass, like domestic violent relationship where the nigga was beating her upside her head all the time. She left, you know, she went on the, 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 um, divorce was about to be final the following month. And, um, it just never got to take place you know she had got a lawyer and everything was ready to leave they had both been separated they were both seeing other people um so you know story came out and um, a lot of people said what happened was she got home and when she got home she had just came from the grocery store I guess he tried to like press her at the grocery store and she was with her dude and her dude like you know was like defending her or whatever and that made him mad and so um, he had told people prior to this, you know, that he was going to do what he told one of his friends that he was going to kill her. I guess he told her, you know, you, you're talking crazy. Like, don't what are you talking about? Don't do that or whatever. It's what he said. He said. And um, I guess she didn't. You know, he said, oh, I'm not I'm not I'm not or whatever. And then I remember vividly like my mom talking to his mom on the phone and saying, hey, you know, your son keeps threatening my daughter with guns and all the stuff. And his mother didn't even know she, he had guns. And so she went and she took his gun from him and she told him he needs to get help. And his response to that was, this is beyond help. Uh -huh. Yeah. So he already had it in his mind. Um, he did it July 17th. Mind you, my sister's birthday is April 17th. 
So before this happened, a week before it happened, my mom said to my sister, Shalonda, God came to me. I was it a week? It might not have been a week. It probably was days. God came to me and he told me that I need to get you out of town and I need to get you out of town now. And um, she's like, I can't. I can't go. He has my kids, number one. Number two, Maria at my job is on vacation, so it's just me to open and close. I can't go. And my mom was like, you know, she had to, she's like, I already have it planned. You know, you go to Georgia, live with our aunt. Um, she's like, how did you get the money? She was like, it's for, um, and he told her, she told her, no, it was our rent money, but don't worry about it. I'll make a way out of it. But you can't force a grown person to get on a plane and to leave, you know? I mean, she had her own place. She had all this stuff, but all this shit that could have been replaced. The one thing that couldn't have been replaced was her. So, um, yeah, so that took place. I remember going to bed. I laid down that night. My eyes were like swollen shut from crying. And I just was like, I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm going to wake up. This is all going to be a bad dream. So I wake up. And everybody's in the front room looking at pictures and stuff of her. And it hit me. It wasn't no dream. That shit really happened. Um, And so I get up and I'm getting ready for school. And everybody's like, what are you doing? I said, you know, the last little bit of my life, she actually took me to summer school so I I can miss two days I'll miss the last two days but I can't I can't so um I went to school bad idea why why in my literature class what we was watching was the color purple are you serious like you just you just want me to cry right that's what it is you want me to cry right (laughs) so I remember telling the story to everybody at school I mean in my class and they're just crying in class with me like almost every class I went to everybody's just like crying with me I had developed so many friendships after that that it's crazy of how many people who connected with me because of my lost but um the people I'm still cool with to this day but um yeah um it was very very hard and I'd have to say the hardest part is probably living on without the person um you know my nieces were two and three at the time the two-year-old said she doesn't have any memories the three-year-old remembers everything and you know it just did so much to their lives alone. I remember, like, my mother, she didn't cry the whole time that it happened. And then um, I used to watch the kids until she came home or whatever from work. And one day I heard her car come in. I heard her music. And I'm just waiting for her to come in the house. And she never came in the house. Never came. And I just sat there like, okay. So then I told the kids, like, I'll be right back. I knew someone, right? I'm like, she should have been in the house. And I go downstairs, and my mother's just bawling in the car. Like, it had just all just hit her. And all I could do was just, like, hold my mother and feel so much anger so much rage because it's not fair that I have to see my mother cry from her daughter you feel you feel me and then I remember all the times I had to hold my kid my nieces I never cried in front of them I stayed strong every time they cried all the way to this day they come and they cry and I'm still strong because that's the way I was built to not cry in front of them because someone has to be the strong one but every time I see them cry I feel rage I get so mad because I know that it could be all avoided for somebody was so selfish to take her life and um so what happened after that same day everybody was looking for him you know I'm calling people asking them for for guns and stuff um but you know we couldn't find him he found he went and hid himself in park somewhere and he shot himself in the head and killed himself so my nieces became orphans and my mom and I and you know we helped and, you know, like their godparents and everything all helped raise them. And so, like, my thing is they had been together, her and her 
kid's father had been together since high school. They went to prom together and everything. And I remember after it happened to my sister, I've lost so many good friends that has happened to before people I went to school with. I had a great friend named Vicky that I was really close with whose, whose man did the same thing to her in front of the kids. Like, and at first I was thinking like, you know, it's crazy that it seemed like after my sister that it always happened, you know, and you know, everyone's starting, it's starting to happen now, but no, that's not true. I feel like it's just was kind of never really thought about or set upon, but it has, it's happened. Um, I know my grandmother, her mother was killed by her, um, her boyfriend and the house was set on fire. My grandmother was a baby in the, in the, um, carriage or whatever in her crib and her uncle heard her crying because he lived downstairs, came up and saved her, but it was too late to save my great grandmother. So this has happened. And my grandmother's even told me stories of how her, my grandfather tried to take her out because of her wanting to leave and not be with him no more. So it's not like it's something that just happened. Um, I mean, not to say that it hasn't gotten worse over the years. I do think so. But it's just crazy how men are so possessive to think that a woman isn't a woman, but that a woman is a piece of property or something they own or something so careless to not even think that, um, you know, their life means anything. So with this being domestic violent, domestic violent month, I just want everyone to think, you know, you can, I always encourage women, if something is wrong, if he's threatening you, or even if not, if you think that for any reason that he would do it, don't second guess it. He will. And the people that's going to be hurt, you're going to go on and move on. But the people that's going to be hurt are the people that's. Are the people who are going to be left behind. Um, I just think about how many, how much stuff my sister missed out on. You know, um, she's always telling me, I can't wait to become an auntie when you finally have kids. Here I am, three kids deep, and she's never met one of them. Um, she has a grandchild now. There's so much life goes on, but it's hard to go on without a person that you love. And so, you know, I want to encourage any woman, don't stay around. You know, if you're going to leave, get out of town, get out of state, go somewhere where he can't find you. Um, cause sometimes just leaving somebody isn't enough. You know, people are crazy in the head and especially when it comes to women. And another reason why I feel like people may, um, Another reason why I feel like people may feel like it's more frequent now is because it's more broadcast and you see more. But there's still so many untold stories about it. Um, so if you guys, you know, if you really think that <laughs> someone loves you, yeah, they may love you, but if they're threatening you, if they're hurting you or harm you in any kind of way, that's not love. Love does not hurt. Love does not control. Love does not push fear into you. Love doesn't do any of that. And I would wish that even if one person would leave due to my sister's story if one person would leave not to say that you know her life I I don't never wanted her life to leave but if one person could be saved by the story then at least that would be something to make me feel better about it you know um so yeah you guys this is another episode with chill with shell wasn't too um <laughs> Kind of a Debbie Downer one, I know, probably, but um, next time we'll have wine and a good time. You guys have a great day. Bye.